0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Madcap. I'm David Ross. And I'm Daniel Bloom.
1: Do You always sound this formal when you introduce yourself.
0: Okay, so that's Matt. And Matt is our lovely guest on this episode. Here's why we're having Matt on. Have you ever found yourself flipping through the channels late at night, your senses possibly altered, maybe not, and you come upon what could only be considered as distinct programming? You may see, I don't know, an action-figured Scooby-Doo massaging the private parts of a whale, Or you may see an action-figured Mrs. Claus receiving oral sex from one of Santa's little helpers. If so, you can be fairly certain your remote control settled on Robot Chicken on Adult Swim. While the plot examples just mentioned weren't real storylines for the show, it wouldn't be out of the ordinary. Our lovely friend Matt, full name Matthew Senreich, is the co-creator and
2: executive producer of this show, along with Seth Green. Seth Green was unavailable for this interview... We like to tell ourselves he was absent because he was filming Can't Hardly Wait too. Robot Chicken is an 11-minute stop animation and claymation series on Adult Swim that's been airing since 2005. We'll get into how it came to be and all of that in a little bit.
3: To give you a healthy aperture into Robot Chicken's crass sense of humor, the following sketch is titled The Darkest Sketch in History. I'll walk you through it. A tooth fairy, illuminated by the moonlight, gracefully enters the home of a little girl as she sleeps peacefully. She slides a present underneath the girl's pillow and strokes her beautiful hair softly. But this tooth fairy picked the wrong time to enter this little girl's house. Had she done her research, she would have known that the little girl's parents were having serious marital issues. Outside of the little girl's bedroom, the two parents begin shouting at one another None
1: of your business! None of my
3: business! It isn't my business. Are you, you really a tooth fairy? Um, At 2 a.m.? Yeah. Well, Damn right it isn't. Maybe you'd rather be with your car.
2: Don't you dare call her that! You
3: admit
1: it! You unbelievable bastard! That is it! I'm gonna shut you up once and for you, all! You put- that down. get
2: your hands off me!
1: You, get out!
3: The Tooth Fairy decides she needs to investigate.
2: Who the hell are you? Ah. Get, hey, get off me! Get off! Ah. out! Oh, get off! Ah.
3: and then returns into the room. Hands the kid her present and says, You be good now. The end.
0: For those who are unaware, on Cartoon Network, once the clock hits 9 p.m., a whistle is blown <coughs> and all of the little kitties have to get out of the pool. It's Adult Swim. For real, for real, for real. Step, step. The music gets much better The jokes get much darker, and the animated figures may or may not be naked. It's the only channel where you're going to hear Jay Dilla being blasted during commercials.
3: And
0: the only channel where you're going to see outrageous monologues.
1: Uh, Hey, I am Jim O'Hare. The only reason anyone probably cares is because I'm on Parks and Recreation and NBC.
3: Jerry Gurgich.
1: My character has a huge penis.
3: Okay, everybody, get over here.
1: It's time for something important.
0: Well, you know who that is, don't you? Matthew, my first question. Uh Uh-oh. What do the already jumping right in? Yeah, yeah, jumping right in. The words. What do the words "robot" and "chicken" mean to you separately, and what do they mean to you when they're together?
1: (laughs) Um, Robot, I think of giant mecha robots that can destroy cities. Uh, chicken. I think of chicken fingers, which I love to eat for dinner. Delicious. And uh, together, um, they represent a item on a Chinese food menu that I thoroughly enjoy to order as often as possible. <laughs> oh, and a, and and a TV show that I work on.
2: Yes, yes. This TV show. Let's talk. Did more- you say it's an item on a Chinese menu?
1: Yes. If you go to, uh, there's a restaurant out here in Los Angeles that uh, has an item called Robot Chicken on it, and that's where the name of the show um, kind of came from, it evolved from. There is truth to this. If you were to visit Kung Pao Bistro
2: in West Hollywood, you'd find menu item Robot Chicken for an affordable $10.50. It's crispy chunks of chicken doused in sweet and tangy sauce served with broccoli. Yelp reviews say it's quite the succulent dish.
1: It's really good. We ordered it our our first season before we had a title for our show. We kind of ordered it every day. And, um, yeah, when we were submitting titles to Adult Swim, uh, they called us the bad title factor. We can never think of anything good. They (laughs) hated all of our titles. We wanted to be like ADD TV, but that was taken. We wanted to be Junk in the Trunk, which is a popular porn series. (laughs) Like every title that we came up with just didn't work. And then as a goof in submitting, you know, title number 85 – uh, we submitted uh, Robot Chicken, and they were like, "That's genius!" And we we're like, "We were joking." <laughs> and uh, yeah, we had to try to figure out an opening credit sequence that tied it all together because we were—I mean, our show is—we're a, a sketch comedy show featuring action figures. Robot Chicken has nothing to do with that.
0: Let's talk about the inception of this of this show. This brilliant idea—that first pitch meeting to that first writing <laughs> session. I mean, I, I I need I need to get it all. I I, I love speaking to the creators and the writers because you all, I mean the ideas i mean you, the ideas come from your They're brain. The idea business yeah exactly the idea <laughs> business so take us from brain to paper
1: um hey jeez this, this goes a ways back um i was working at wizard magazine at the time i was the editorial director over there and, good job um, that must be yeah, fun. It, it was it was a blast I, I, it was uh, such a fun job um but, uh, yeah, I was working there, and um, I had known Seth, my partner Seth Green, um, just as friends. We were friends. I did a couple articles about him in the magazine, and we just became friends through that. He was a big toy geek. I was a big toy geek. And um,
2: Many may know him, by the way, as Scott Evil from the Austin Powers movies. Just want to exactly, clarify
1: or, that. Or Oz on Buffy's. I find the geeks seem to love. Um, Can't
0: hardly wait. Sorry. Even better. Yo, I gotta have sex tonight. It say here 92% of honey's at UCLA sexually active. 92% of women in Los Angeles at UCLA walking around going, class or sex. What shall I do? 92% yo. You know what that means, don't you? Huh. Hmm. That means I got some 92% chance of embarrassing myself. I roll up on that shorty like, what's up yo. She be like, uh, yeah. you don't know 20 different ways to make me call you Big Papa? Because I don't Yo. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> he had goggles.
1: For me, it's oh, yeah. airborne. So there you go.
0: Oh,
1: I forgot about that. I just like that movie. Yes, um, yes, yes. Love it. Yeah. So, so we were friends, and he was going to be going on Conan O'Brien to promote. I don't even know what uh, he was working on at the time, and he didn't really want to do an extensive interview. And he said he's seen people go on there and make shorts. Um, and he asked me, would would I be interested in maybe writing a little short where his action figure? because he had an action figure from uh, both Buffy and Austin Powers, and Conan O'Brien's uh, action figure would go on an adventure together. Would I be interested in trying to produce something like that? I said I had no idea how to do that, um, but I'd be happy to hold his hand and try to figure it out. And um, we did. We uh, we partnered up with a couple guys I knew in New York and uh, just started sussing out how to make a little short animated sketch. Brittany!
0: Brittany! It's me, Conan! Oh, my God! O'Brien. I love your show. Do you want to make out with me? Okay. That'd be great. You can be my boyfriend and we can live together in Florida and you can take me to school and help me learn to drive and vote and stuff. Okay. Because I love you. We're like Romeo and Juliet without all the families. I would totally die for you, Conan. Can we just make out? Don't toy with me, Conan. I kill you so fast. I, I just wanted to meet you. I loved you. Now I have to divorce you and get an abortion.
1: And um, in the process of doing that, it was about 1999, 2000, um, Sony Digital heard that we were looking to do these things, to do this one short, and they were developing linear content for dial-up. So they ended up buying a series from us called Sweet J Presents, which was just like two to four minute shorts with action figures that we ended up doing that nobody could ever see because it was dial up and it would take you maybe 12 hours to download it. (laughs) But yeah, that, that ultimately we did 12 of those episodes and that became our pilot. Once we had that, we were able to shop it around and, uh, it took us a little while, but we ultimately ended up finding adult swim. Yeah. It's been the happy home ever since.
2: You think it's a good marriage? You guys. Oh yeah.
1: Love adult swim. Um, Mike Lazo and Keith Crawford over there. Uh, yeah, again, they just, it's one of those places where they give you good notes. If they don't like something, they don't say, hey, change his pant color because it doesn't work. It's like, hey, we don't think this worked. We don't can't put our finger on it, but here's what we're feeling by watching it. And you talk it through with them, and and, and yeah, you usually come to the answer that uh, you're looking for.
2: Yeah, we're really big fans of uh, of Adult Swim. I mean, talk about what it means to be part of a roster with, like, Carl Jones <laughs> from Black Dynamite and you know, the, I love the, Carl. Bo- the Boondocks and Metalocalypse. How much fun is that show? I mean, I want, I want you to talk about kind of the feeling of what makes Adult Swim so special. Like, what is their mindset that fits you guys all together?
0: This is going to get you a raise, by the way. Yeah, No, it's I mean,
1: not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, with Adult Swim, it feels... It feels like high school, and I mean that in a good way, because some people associate high school in a bad way, but it, it's the one network I can think of where all the show creators know each other in some way, shape, or, or form. Um, so like, whether it's the Venture brother guys, you know, you go and you'll have you you interact with them and you, you hang out with them. It's, whoever it might be, whether it's Carl, like you are saying, like you go to Comic-Con and Adults will have their parties, and you just know everybody in all the different shows, whether the Children's Hospital and NTSF guys. You're just like, hey, what's going on? Everybody just seems to know each other and hang out together and like each other, as opposed to other networks that just don't have that, like, connectivity, as weird as that sounds. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, we're all like uh, adopted children (laughs) (laughs) living in a family together.
2: And you're all weird.
1: And we're all a little quirky. Talk about
2: the importance of weirdness, both in your show and in creative projects in general.
1: I would say we're all quirky. I I always say it's shocking with Robot Chicken that I would say of the bulk of us, we're probably the most normal, boring people that you will ever come around. We do nothing exciting. We're not bizarre in any way. We don't have crazy haircuts. We're the most straight-laced guys you'll ever find. We probably never even got in trouble growing up. Yeah, and yet we create such a fucked up show. <laughs> so, <laughs> who would have thunk it? But yeah, it's uh it, it, it's yeah, it's it's just a good, it's a good group. Again, it's one of those things where like every one of the shows we watch each other's shows and we interact with it. That's
0: what I love. So, how did, how did you all she- settle on the shows like length?
1: Um, that that's something that Adult Swim just does. They usually go for the eleven the eleven minute format.
0: Okay. okay. Or
1: as people would say, the fifteen minute format. Um. But yeah, that's that's just an Adult Swim because what they realize is we're in a much different culture than when we grew up. You know, it's it's an ADD society. So the shorter, the more people are engaged and if it goes on for too long you just click out you watch you're in you're out you're done and you're on to the next thing it's brilliant that's why they keep yeah that's why they keep their shows moving as quickly as they do
2: i mean thinking about that format they're the only group i can think of on television that got kind of what was coming with the internet and the shortening of everything it's prescient it really is a br- it's a stroke of genius
1: yeah, I mean, I I give all the credit to those guys. They 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 know what they're doing. I mean, Cartoon Network's doing it now with like Adventure Time and Regular Show, and it's it's exciting.
0: Now, are you, you're an owner of action figures yourself, correct?
1: <laughs> yes, I am.
0: Now, do you you realize that growing up, I mean, I had action figures of Batman and Superman and stuff like that, and then I watched your show and I see the way that you use these action figures, <laughs> and it kind of ruins my childhood <laughs> dreams. <laughs> so, so can you talk about how you uh, how do how do you use these characters? Like say, I mean, how how do you mock pop culture and, and the figures of Scooby Doo and Batman and all these and all these guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think we like to take your icons of yesteryear of yesteryear and kind of turn them ninety degrees on their side and just get to the core essence of who they are as people. Um, it's less about you know the crazy action adventure that they go on more so than it's about you know if the emperor from star wars just wants to have coleslaw with his sandwich you know it's it's the the day-to-day conversation it's what makes them relatable as human beings um and i find that to be the most fun it's 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 the stuff not in the comic book with batman you know it's the interactions that he would have with alfred on the side about how he's going to buy some giant piece of art for his uh you know you know for his mansion or something like that I think that's, that's kind of our thought process always. It's just, you know, how, what's the mundane in, in these crazy worlds?
0: Tell me an instance where you wrote an episode and Adult Swim was like, dial it back. I don't think that's happened. Yeah, I, I would actually say that they, they,
1: they've been really good. I honestly can't think of something that they've caught.
2: Something that they've caught. Does that suggest that there's something that you believe they should have caught or you expected them to catch?
1: I always think they're going to catch things. I always think they're going to shut us down. Um, like what? What were you expect- most worried about? Man, uh... Like a joke that you thought was on the edge. Uh, we always have weird... Anything, a- anything ever having to do with a baby, I think they're going <laughs> to shoot down in some capacity. But they never... Yeah, they never really do. It, it, yeah, we get that question a lot at conventions, and I'm always like... If something like that had come up, we would we would hear about it. You know, the biggest S&P note we probably ever get is like, hey, when a guy takes a shit on a toilet, we can't hear the splash of it going in. But you can hear the farting sound of it coming out. That's hilarious. Like, S&P being those,
0: standards and practices.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the type of stuff that you get. Those are the conversations you get into, and you're like, this is my job now.
0: <laughs> now, I, I watched an episode where you all had a different spin on the death of Osama bin Laden. It was it was something quite contrary to what I read in the Washington Post. Matt, would you please tell the people uh, how Robot Chicken thinks Osama bin Laden died?
1: <laughs> uh, I will not say that uh, beyond they should watch the show, and I will say I did not personally write that sketch. So, um, Well, I can say it. Uh, I, I will not. I will not get myself involved in an al-Qaeda strike team coming after me. <laughs>
0: Well, I can say it. They had Osama bin Laden dying from, basically just choked himself during a masturbation. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, self, what is it, autoerotic asphyxiation? Exactly. And then the military... Didn't, co- didn't,
2: David, didn't David Carradine die that way?
0: <laughs> the, yeah, the, the guy from it? Kung Fu? Yeah, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about that. What are you <laughs>
1: Again, this is all fan fiction. Who knows what's real?
0: <laughs> so what's the So what's the writer's room like over there? Yeah, I bet it's fun.
1: You know, it's a bunch of friends, actually. Uh, A lot of the writers, the main writers in the room we've known for, you know, about 20 years they started this thing with us. Um, Doug Goldstein, you know, I I lived with Back in the day, he was an old roommate of mine, Um, Tom Root. Same thing. I I worked with both of those guys at Wizard. Yeah, they run that room spectacularly. They're the creative geniuses who come up with the twisted things that you're thinking about. And it's, it's one of those things where as much as you want it to think like it's this crazy room where everybody's throwing out a bazillion ideas, we have such a mandate to do so much so fast that it's all about from like 9 a.m. till about 3 p.m., it's typing individually as quietly as possible, as many ideas as you can come up with. And then at like 3 o'clock, you print it all out, everybody reads it, and then from like 4 till whatever time of night, you just go through the bazillion ideas that have been come up with, and you just say no to everything. And occasionally you'll find one that you're like, oh, this might be something. And then you start focusing on those ideas. But uh, yeah, it's a really uncomfortable room because all it is is about saying no to each other. Wow. Yeah. That's, That's really interesting. And that leads
2: me to a thought: What is it like to have comedy be your job? Like, do you ever get sick, and you're like, "Damn it, gotta go back to the office and do some more hilarious jokes and laugh"?
1: <laughs> I think it's weird for all of us because none of us started out as comedy people. I mean, we're. Really? I mean, Seth was an actor. Um, you know, I started out in comic books. Our main writers were journalism. Yeah, we're, none of us were really comedy people at first, and it's kind of become like my even my first stuff in the entertainment were uh, two one-hour dramas I sold. So what were they about? Yeah,
0: let's talk about these one-hour dramas. You're not going <laughs> to drop that and expect yeah. us to let it go. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I actually, I used I still do. Um, Was I Alyssa with, Milano in any of them? Do you guys know Jeff Johns at all? <laughs> Jeff Johns is uh, the head of DC Entertainment, chief creative officer there, and the two of us wrote uh, two pilots for Fox back in the day, in like 2002, 2003, somewhere in there. Yeah, one was kind of like a, a Hunger Games-esque type of thing, like an NCAA-style tournament of people killing each other off. Um, so it was really dark, and there was no way Fox was going to air it. Have you seen Battle um, Royale? Yes, it had that kind of feel. That Love it. That actually is is kind of a little bit of a inspiration for it. So that was one of them. And the other one was kind of like an X-Files-esque type of thing, but run by the church huh. So as opposed to the government. So
0: both they're both fun.
1: Which Had church? The Catholic them. Church?
0: Yeah, yeah. The Mormon.
1: So yeah, no, not the Mormon Church, but yes, yeah, the Catholic Church.
0: <laughs> How do you use music as an inspiration?
1: Music. I like to say that I know very little about music. Seth knows everything you can imagine about music. What does Seth um, blast? What does he blast? I mean, he he knows every song you can possibly. Imagine. N.W.A. I, I di- I didn't. I'm embarrassed to say I didn't even know who Dave Grohl was. So, mm, you know, I get, a lot of, I get a lot of shit from people about not understanding music. But when it comes to, like, television movies, I've probably seen way more than I ever should of both the good and the bad.
0: Well, let's, 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 let's talk about some films real quick. I mean, what are some pretty iconic films? Or
2: films yeah. that were important to you, like, growing up and becoming part of media. That's what I mean. Um, you
1: know, there's, there's two different groups of films. There's the things like Star Wars, which, you know, for me, was the thing that has inspired me and kept me going all this time. And, you know, that, that's one of those things that will, will never leave me. And then there are things like, you know, the Big Trouble in Little China.
3: Pause. So Big Trouble in Little China is a film starring Kurt Russell. It may actually be Kurt Russell's most poetic performance alongside Captain Ron. Russell plays truck driver Jack Burton, who gets involved in way more nonsense than he ever expected on what should have been a simple trip with his friend to the airport to pick up the friend's girlfriend. Asian gangs are involved. Supernatural powers are at play. And Russell's character Jack Burton is right at the center. To try to explain the plot of this film further would be an epic failure, but the film is so ridiculous that we had to play some clips. Here's some of Jack Burton's blue-collar wit. Okay,
2: you people sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning, and if we're not back by dawn,
1: call the president.
2: China is here. I don't even know what the hell that means. All I know is this low pain character comes out of thin air in the middle of a alley while his buddies are flying around on wires cutting everybody to shreds and he just stands there waiting for me to drive my truck straight through him with light coming out of his mouth
1: this is jack burton in the pork chop express and i'm talking to whoever's listening out there it's a pretty amazing planet we live on here
2: and
0: a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe
1: when it comes to the silly uh I can watch that a thousand times over, and uh, and still find something new and funny. I like like Strange Brew. You know, it's like those quirky movies that were on HBO all the time that you just ended up watching.
2: A lot of people who are devotees of Star Wars feel almost that it is like a religion. <laughs> Listening to you talk about it, seems like you may be one of these people. Are you?
1: I I am a diehard fanatic. Um, I love it. I can still watch it anytime any time. It's on television. I will just sit down. I will find myself watching it all the way through. I wouldn't say I'm a. It's a religion for me. I just. I would just say like. I I find it. It's a world that I love. It's like comic books for me. It's serialized. It's it's you know. It, it reminds me of like. Re, yeah. Again, reading comics. Like I'm a, an Avengers fanatic when it comes to that stuff, and have been reading Avengers ever since. I was probably like ten years old. Are, yeah. Are you into the Force? Am I into the force? Yes. I, I do not believe the force really exists. What? Yet, what? Yet. yet, yet.
2: Okay, I like that. Very good. If, Qual- if
1: I be, maybe I'll get that at some point down the
0: line. We'll <laughs> see. To be honest, I've I've seen very. I don't think I've. I'm not. I'm not the best on Star Wars. I've seen very few. I've seen very few. I've seen like maybe. I don't even know if I can even give you the the full name of of some of the Star Wars films, to be honest. <laughs> well, if it
1: makes you feel better, my wife hasn't seen any, so don't worry. <laughs>
0: I'm, a a, I'm a bit of a dunce when it comes to all that. Dan Bloom's much better.
1: No worries, no worries. Everybody has this thing that they're a geek about. That's what, that's what I love about geekdom.
0: Why do you think I'm better? Well, I mean, you you brought the Star Wars question.
2: I, I mean, did, I mean, but I've never even seen Star Wars. Really? Yes. Seen, no. How old are you guys? Uh, how old am I, 28? <laughs> 29. <laughs> I just turned 29.
0: Yeah, you missed the Star Wars
1: rise. Exactly you right. Like, you grew up with, like, uh, Power Rangers.
2: Uh, no, it was before that.
0: Power Rangers, wow. That's
1: Wait, a- aren't you, you're 90s kids then? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, Late 80s. Late 80s, I mean Power so,
1: Rangers. Okay, so you're like Rescue Rangers? Exactly. <laughs> and Smurfs and Snorks a little bit?
2: Uh, Smurfs were a little bit before, like Tailspin, all those Disney cartoons yeah. and No, stuff. Smurfs were us, Tailspin
0: <laughs> was us, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Duck were tales. huge. yeah, Ninja Turtles. DuckTales were huge. DuckTales,
1: ooh, okay. okay.
0: Let's talk about talking animals. Now, why are talking animals just so great? <laughs> They're
1: hilarious. You see, based on the fact that you grew up then, that's why you're saying that. <laughs> it's Disney's fault. For me, it was G.I. Joe Transformers, so I want giant robots. Mm. Yeah, but no, it's all about, again, the best part about it is, you know, it's the 20-year 20, 20 cycle of when things come back. Yeah. So, it's it's all good. Yeah, don't worry. We're about five years away from all those things being resurfaced.
2: Yeah, that and the fact that, for the most part, the movie industry especially, is so uncreative. It's just, (laughs) it's sequel after sequel after retread. I mean, they came back out with Herbie the Love Bug starring Lindsay Lohan. I mean, mean,
1: how is that? Even better than that, our good friend Meyer was in that. And yeah, he gets mocked incessantly, even on our show, that he was in that movie.
0: Didn't they have to suspend shooting for that? Or was Lindsay getting, was Lindsay getting in trouble? Was she well behaved throughout all? This? I don't know if that was on that
1: one. I don't. Th- I, I know she was on the verge of that stuff then, but I don't think it affected it. Have you? I don't ever- know.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll call Brecken after this and find out. Have you ever mocked anybody on robot chicken and they've got They've given you all a serious uh, phone call. Love called that question. Or called the network and been like, you know what? What the fuck is that? I didn't appreciate <laughs> that. You
1: know, uh, if they have, I haven't heard about it personally. The only one that. I know of which I find amusing was I know Corey Feldman uh, called us after and his response wasn't, "Hey, why'd you do that?" It was, "Hey, next time just ask me to do my voice." Oh, um, awesome! So we did. <laughs> yeah, but it was and nobody's really had any issues with it. Oh, and the the Dave Grohl instance uh, I laugh at because uh, he sung the song that we did, which was a p- bizarre bullshit kind of song and he was like oh you should have had me do it <laughs> we were like oh we'll remember that for next time that's super cool
0: I now i want to dive back into the to the creation of the scripts now i'm trying to figure out so when you're when you're in the room is there an outline and then and then the jokes come in you, you say writers shoot, shoot us jokes based on this outline or do you all just have a casual discussion and try to figure out where you want the direction of that episode to go
1: since we're sketch-based, um, each of the writers, once we kind of like an idea, they'll outline their their own individual thing, and then they'll script it, and we'll play punch-up to their script. So, yeah, it's really not like this giant... Everybody has their own babies, if you will, and then we all will chime in to make those babies stronger.
0: Matt, thank you so much for joining us here on Madcap DC. Yeah, thanks well, a lot, thank Matt. We appreciate much. it.
1: thank you much. I'm sorry that I'm getting cut off. I feel bad.
0: <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Punch that person in the
2: shoulder.
1: I, I will punch him right now.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, that was Matt Senreich. Special thanks to him for taking time to talk with us. Special thanks go to the amazing women at Turner Broadcasting and 42 West for helping arrange this interview. Season 7 of Robot Chicken, Lucky 7, will infiltrate your television in 2014. Old episodes of Robot Chicken are still aired on Adult Swim. The next one will air on October 12th at midnight. Madcap is taped in Washington, D.C., and is produced by Daniel Bloom, David Ross, and Atheem Shapiro. This episode was partially narrated by...
3: Jill Holbrook, madcapdc.org, on Facebook and Twitter, at madcapdc.